AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Aviation Group. The Reno-Tahoe Airport Authority recently broke ground on upgrades to its ticketing hall and the approval of $500 million to build two new concourses, which will transform the airport for years to come. I recently spoke with RTAA CEO Darren Griffin about the project and what this means for the Reno-Tahoe International Airport and the Reno community. Darren, first thing, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak about this project with us. The first question I have for you today is, tell me about the needs driving the ticketing hall expansion project at Reno. Sure. Uh, thanks, Joe. It's great to talk to you. And um, as we announced last week, uh, we've got a lot of project coming here at the Reno Tahoe International Airport. And for the ticketing hall project, what we're really doing is just expanding um, the hall, pushing it out towards the roadway and lifting up the ceiling a bit, creating a just honestly a bigger box, more space for people. And that's the first need is, is that in Reno Tahoe, a lot of our customers have uh, snowboards, skis, golf clubs that they are coming and going, visiting, uh, along with all the other you know baggage that we check uh, as customers. And it's just is continuing to create a lot of congestion in our ticketing hall. And we call it the ticketing hall. A lot of airports do. And in the reality, it's it's become more of a bag drop hall more than anything. And and that's where you go with your checked luggage. And in the early morning bank, like a lot of airports out west, a lot of planes are looking to depart in that first hour or two. And we get some real congestion in, in our ticketing hall cuts off circulation, makes it really difficult to, to kind of head for the checkpoint once you've successfully dropped that bag. And so it was really just that need to match the growth of our region. Uh, we're back to our 2019 passenger levels all the way and um, we expect to continue growing from here. And, and this was something that we really needed to do just to have years of capacity ahead. Interesting. So what are the operational and passenger experience goals you're seeking via having this project up? Well, for, you know, the ticketing hall expansion, first and foremost, we just need to make it so that, you know, people are trying to get from, you know, the curve to where you, the airline that you're flying on, you want to be able to transit through the ticketing hall and, and be able to see the signage, get to the right queue. Uh, typically, people are waiting, you know, at a, at a kiosk, and then you tag your bag, or, or they help you tag it, and then you you get to the bag drop location, and and it's just right now really congested and tight to do that. Sometimes it's hard to find the airline you're looking for when we get those early morning crowds or or midday crowds. So we're looking to improve on all of that, make it faster for people first and foremost, especially early in the morning. People get here. Uh, they want to get that process done with as quickly as possible and get through the checkpoint and, and to the gate and on their journey. And so one speed is just allowing our customers to move with greater speed. Uh, one, reduce stress in the ticketing hall by finding what you're looking for quickly. 
Um, you know, and that just improves everybody's experience. We're also, as part of this project, adding restrooms right now. We don't have any restrooms in the ticketing hall. Um, and that is really something that's a basic fundamental need and, and people go trying to find their way to a restroom and it's all the way down in baggage claim. So also wheelchair, we're creating a greater wheelchair storage and access as, as more and more of our customers have some sort of a need for a mobility enhancement. Just having that right in the ticketing hall where the customer needs it is really improving the customer experience along with just improved wayfinding, next generation signage technology that's that's LED, that's um, universal signage based so that anybody can see where they need to get to. All those things that the most modern airports are adapting into their uh, signage and wayfinding is an important part of what we're doing here as well. So those are pretty much the primary goals that we're seeking. And I know for Reno, this is expanding even beyond the ticketing hall for you, um, that you're also going with a $500 million investment in two new concourses as well uh, to help improve everything at the airport. So tell me a little bit about the need for these new concourses and what drove this need for expansion as well. Sure, this is the main event in our more RNO uh, redevelopment program uh, is last week's decision to replace the existing two concourses. And, and what's really driving the need are, are two things. The first is time, and that we built those two concourses that are um, right now, everybody's flying through concourses B and C. They both opened in 1980 and have served the airport in the region really well, 42 years and, and still going. And we know that it's gonna be almost 50 years uh, by the time we're done with both of them, if we can keep this program right on track. And like all infrastructure, it's slowly dying over time. What we built in 1980 and opened was built to the 1976 building code. All It's all original structure, all original building systems, and, and all of that needs to be rejuvenated. And, and we looked at extending the life of those structures and just decided that was not a good investment. So that was the first driver. And the second is that they're they're not sized for the class of aircraft and the level of passenger traffic that not only do we have today, but when we look 10, 20 years down the road and the growth of Northern Nevada, we know our customer numbers will continue to move up. And uh, we built these two concourses for the 737, 100 and 200 class of aircraft, which is what we were all flying around in in 1980. And, they typically held about 120 passengers in that aircraft. And, and now, of course, it's the MAX series of aircraft, the 737 MAX, 7, 8, 9, or 10. And they hold anywhere from uh, 160 to 220 passengers, depending on which MAX it is and how the cabin is configured. And so our hold rooms are vastly undersized uh, for just a single aircraft to push back. Our concession space is vastly undersized to provide, you know, the food, beverage, and retail needs for 200 people on an aircraft, much less a bunch of gates that have 200 people on an aircraft. And so, in addition to infrastructure that was dying, we really just need more space and additional gates. This program will add five more gates to the Reno Tahoe International Airport, which allows more aircraft, of course, to uh, arrive and depart here, handle larger crowds, uh, offer more diverse uh, choices for air service for a region that's growing like ours. And so 
Uh, it really was a series of goals that uh, we, we sought to uh, drive this, and, and that's what really drove the need for this expansion and redevelopment. Yeah, that's definitely going to be good to have with the uh, additional space in the terminal. And on top of that, tell me a little bit of what are some of the improvements you're looking to add as part of these expansion efforts as well? You know, I would say it's the question is more what isn't going to be improved when you tear down two concourses that opened in 1980 and replace them with two that will be built and and opened in the late 2020s. Virtually everything is going to be improved and, and all of that is part of the customer experience, um, whether it's food and beverage and retail offerings, wherever you're sitting, uh, the ability to offer charging of devices throughout the concourses, which we can't do today. Um, we will significantly improve the aesthetic experience. Uh, we are framed by beautiful mountains here uh, in the Reno Tahoe region, and we want to highlight that as people are waiting for their flights with great windows, great use of natural light, 300 days of sunshine here, and we really want to take advantage of that and, and bring more of that into the terminal experience, offer the modern amenities that many of us are used to as we fly around airports that have done redevelopment programs, you know, wireless technology everywhere. We all rely on it in everything that we do. The ability to empower the customer to have the experience that they want to have and not be impaired by infrastructure that's outdated or just simply too small to handle the level and volume of passengers that we are handling today as well as um, for decades to come. You know, we have not added a gate since we opened those two concourses in 1980. And so it's time to add gates as well so that we can really meet the needs of the airlines and uh, provide room for them to grow to meet our growth uh, in the years ahead. So it is all of the improvements, literally all of the above when you make a decision like this and and we're excited about that. Yes, it's very exciting for the community. And when you look at this, building such a plan that's going to be transformative of the airport and helping serve the, the Reno Tahoe area, uh, and one of these that's once in a many decade type of project, how did you go about developing plans for this? I mean, what kind of stakeholders did you decide to involve in the conversation to ensure that you were delivering uh, the right airport for the community to meet their needs? Sure, great question. Uh, you know, and, and that's one that we wrestled with uh, early on and, and ultimately landed on a terminal redevelopment planning study that really looked at every conceivable option of knowing that two concourses that opened in 1980, doing nothing is not an option. When you're in a growing region like ours and you have infrastructure that's slowly aging out, you have to take action some way. And so then it becomes a question of what's the right action? And so our conceptual planning study really looked at, at all of the possible options that engaged everybody that works here, not only with the airport authority, but our tenant partners. Our airlines were very involved, our concessionaires, um, uh, other providers of customer services or airline services. We talked to all of them and, and talked about where we're at as an airport, what's important to them, what do they need to thrive in you know, the business that they serve, whether it's flying aircraft or providing food and beverage or retail services or they're, they're working for an airline, what do they need? And so we took all of that feedback and information 
and worked with a consulting firm and a design firm to really look at what is the complete universe of options that we have available to us as the owner of the airport and understanding what makes the most sense long term for our airport community, for the entire northern Nevada community that we serve. And that's really how we landed on the two concourse alternative and really looked at a, a bunch of different ways that we could do that. Uh, our partnership with the airlines is key to this. We don't do this alone. We do this in partnership with the airlines and we wouldn't go off and do something like this unless we had their support and we do. And also working closely with our board of trustees, uh, the nine people who are appointed to oversee the airport authority and really provide that high level policy guidance and strategic vision they have been closely involved in this and we all kind of got to the same place this summer and, and into this fall of realizing it was time to make that really big investment, that generational investment that those before us in the mid and late 1970s did when they opened these two concourses, which were the first gates at this airport, a huge decision in the late 70s. And so it's time for that again and and that was a bit of the process that we went through and what's such a big undertaking and it's going to take years to complete how have you been preparing staff in the community for this project i mean what steps are involved with that uh that you know is um uh, a finish line you never really get to and, and that we are already working on our communication plan and it's out there around the region. People have heard of more RNO, which is the branded redevelopment plan for the airport, which includes the ticketing hall, like we talked about, and includes the two concourses and includes improvements in parking and rental car operations, uh, roadway operations. We're, we have to kind of work on all of it because to the customer, it's all the same airport experience and they have to have a great experience in every step of the journey. And so, you know, one, we're talking with the community about the disruption and it's already begun. Our roadway in the front of our terminal building is blocked off now and work has already begun and uh, changes the way people access into and out of the ticketing hall, changes roadway operations in front of the, of the, in front of the terminal building. So we're communicating through a, a bunch of different platforms, social media, traditional media, signage that's you know literally in the building and, and around the building that lets people know what's going on, what it's gonna look like when it's done, how long is it gonna take? And so that's kind of the first part for the community and, and then including them in the celebration we had last week, we had great coverage, great attendance and just explaining you know two concourses is a really big deal it's long long time to do it everybody gets asked you know when's this going to be done and and it takes years to build to design and build airport infrastructure but it's important that we get started that we make decisions and we move forward but for the airport employees you know it's a lot of change for them that is going to go on for years and so we've been talking about this i would say for a year at this point um, airport employees are excited about this because not only does this uh, a program like this improve the quality of the travel experience, it improves the work experience for people that are working here, airline employees, airport employees that are on those lower levels driving vehicles, you know, servicing aircraft, 
providing food and beverage services that when you do redevelopment on this scale, you create better work environment, better working conditions, better facilities for airport employees. And, and we're all working hard to retain and retain and attract airport employees. And so this is also exciting for them and they know it's a long journey to get there. But when you know what it's going to look like when you're done, that's usually all the motivation that any of us need, that it's worth going through the process to get there. So it's important that we communicate openly, honestly, transparently all the time with all of those audiences, both employees and customers, and let them know how it's going, where we're at, and what's coming next. And that is really the best way to prepare and, and keep people engaged in what's happening. And my last question for you today, there's a lot of moving parts to this project as it's going to come online, but how has the airport, what kind of metrics have you put down to measure the success of these improvements as they come online? Well, the first kind of measure is, is as with all projects, we, we measure projects uh, in the same ways that everybody else does, and, and that is scope and schedule and, and budget, right, that we've where each project is at a different step in the journey and and we know the ticketing hall uh, and it started and when we want to have that done and hopefully bring that in on budget and, and then once we get it open we'll be able to see you know what's what success looks like and, and that it performs better in those peak hours and that we'll survey customers and survey employees to make sure that we've got it right and if we need to adjust anything we will make those adjustments but by just creating more space that is the first success measure that you know we'll be able to really get the feedback from people right away and, and that is so important for the other project the two concourses again it's it's a series of milestones you know we have to go uh first design them actually actually design the concourses all we've done so far is pick a concept now the real work begins which is to go engage our airline partners our airport staff and design these two concourses and then start working on that first one and success you know is breaking ground uh, and getting the first concourse built and getting airlines moved into it Honestly, there's a thousand different steps, uh, probably 10,000 in bringing all of this online. And so success is honestly measured constantly. And that, you know, if we're missing a milestone or a date or there's an impact that was unintended, you know, in adjusting quickly, um, pivoting on that and, and getting us to the finish line for whatever that micro part of the program may be, whether it's one airline, one aircraft, one gate, or the Wi-Fi isn't working right in a new concourse. There's just so many things. But the first measure is making a big decision. And, and that's what I want to credit our organization for. And that is it takes a lot of bold vision and courage to make a $500 million decision like this in, in an airport the size of Reno Tahoe. And, and so we have met that success metric. Uh, we made the decision. We're moving forward. Uh, we've got a plan of finance that uh, we're excited about. It's a great time to be an airport like ours. We're remote. We are a long ways from everywhere, quite frankly. It's a seven-hour drive to Las Vegas from Reno. A lot of people don't realize that. Seven hours to Salt Lake City. Two hours to Sacramento, but you just have to get across the Donner Pass. This airport is critically important. 
and it serves a, a wide and growing region. And so our ability to compete for federal funding, we're very excited about that. We think we have a very compelling project. And another you know, success metric uh, is our ability to attract bipartisan infrastructure law funding and you know, keep this as cheap as we can for the airlines. At the end of the day, we want to be a competitive airport. We want them to want to fly here. So, I mean, it's like I said, thousands of success met metrics for a project like this as they come online and they've already begun. Wonderful. Well, thank you for speaking with me today. I know I'm really excited to watch all these improvements uh, take shape over the next few years. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. For more on the Reno-Tahoe Airport expansion or the leading airport improvement projects in North America, make sure to check out our website, aviationpros.com and Airport Business Magazine. I'm Joe Petrie. Thanks for listening.